0: Welcome to Thoughts on the Social World, socialworldpodcast.com, sponsored by David Niven Associates. Your host is Dave Niven.
1: Hi there, I'm Dave Niven. This is the Social World Podcast on socialworldpodcast.com. This is episode 14 of the series and I'm delighted that you could join me. Happy also to tell you that uh, this is now being downloaded, apart from the UK, in 30 different countries and 23 American states. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Keep it coming. Very important that. Very important to know what you think. So for today, Alan, Barry, thanks very much for your comments. You can, as you all know, review this, and I'd really appreciate it if you did, uh, on iTunes and actually leave a written review. That would be terrific. You can also, just with one click, uh, speak pipe, which is beside the podcast, and uh, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a question, whatever. Just be good to hear from you. Now, today, I'm delighted to introduce uh, an interview with uh, Annie Hudson. Now, Annie is the Chief Executive of the College of Social Work in the United Kingdom. And she's got some extensive things to say and some very interesting things to say about not only the future of the college as she sees it, but the future of social work in the UK, its image, its representation, its future and the way that it's regarded uh, within the actual care community. Following that, I've got an interview I did for the BBC Regarding um, social worker that has actually been struck off and it raised the issue of how do we in the profession of social work see uh, colleagues and what do we think that the public, how the public views social workers when they have received the ultimate punishment um, professionally. And so that's quite an interesting interview. It gives my thoughts on that and I'd be fascinated to hear if you agree with me or not. So, I hope you enjoy it. Please listen in. And uh, here's Annie Hudson. Okay, well, I'm delighted today to have with me Annie Hudson, who's the Chief Executive of the College of Social Work. She was previously a Director of Social Services in the West Country and Bristol. Before that, she's trained as a social worker, and I'm quite sure there's a considerable bigger portfolio that she just hasn't mentioned Annie, welcome. Hello. I want to just ask you a little bit about the college because it's now been in place for a substantial period of time, enough to, if you like, put down some roots. Just what your thoughts are about the college as it is and possible, and what you hope it to be.
0: Okay, yes. I mean, I'm the college's first chief executive and I've been in post for just over five months now. But you're right that the college... Um, it's had uh, you know, a fairly long uh, gestation over a period of a year or two. Um, the college really has been set up to, uh, to, to be a, you know, a strong voice of social work, uh, driving up standards and, as importantly, being, um, being able to convey to the public, to the media, to politicians, key issues and key messages about social work. And as such, there are three kind of areas of activity, really, for the college. It might be useful just to sort of spell those out a bit. Um, first of all, and, and uh, is, is what I think is the most important kind of uh, type of activities, which are activities which will uh, promote and enhance the quality of social work practice and support practitioners to deliver great practice every day. We know social work is an incredibly difficult, demanding job, and we need to give practitioners the best possible support. So, some of the things that we're doing are uh, on the services we have available include mentoring schemes, we endorse initial social work uh, qualifying programs, we're producing a range of tools to support practice. We've just published something around adoption and fostering, for example. We support the networks of principal social workers in both adults and children's services. Uh, we have our first conference uh, coming up soon with a you know excellent array of, of keynote speakers. So a whole cluster of activities uh, and services which will support practice. So that's the first type of activity. The second kind Uh, relate to our role in influencing policy. Now, that's um, particularly with central government so at the moment there are two big pieces of legislation going through Parliament, the Care Bill in relation to adults and the Children and Families Bill in relation to children and we are um, at every stage of the way of those pieces of legislation as they passage through Parliament we're seeking to make sure that the social work perspective, the social work voice uh, permeates um, uh, the thinking of, of, of Parliament about that legislation. But we're also keen on influencing the policy and work of local government and indeed of, of other national organisations. There are many specialist organisations, for example, NSPCC, Action for Children, Action on Elder Abuse, and we're wanting to work with those organisations because we have a, a lot of common interests. They have an interest in social work, uh, and so it's about, about working with them. And then the last, the third area of activity relates to um, work around the public profile of social work. And this is tremendously important, as, as, as you know, because social work is probably of all the professions, the one that is um, most swiftly uh, and often in very stereotypical world, world, ways Um, vilified by by the media when things go wrong, particularly in children, but not just in children's services. So what the college is doing is looking to make sure that in the media, in in the television, on the radio, in the print-in-print journalism, that the voice of social work, as distinct from the voice of employers or the voice of government, uh, is articulating what social work and what good social work is about and it's partly that's for me tremendously important i mean you'll remember the protecting our children series we did based on bristol social workers and i think that reflected you know how important it is to give the public an accurate and authentic view of what social workers do so that's just a feel of some of the things that we're doing
1: no, I mean, it's a considerable amount, and I'm sure there's more. But let, let, let me just ask a couple of things, But maybe going backwards, starting with the media one. Mm-hmm. I've often thought that um, the negativity is not just uh, that, that, that we often hear about in the media towards social workers in this country is not necessarily just all to do with bruised egos or, or anything like that because it has a direct effect on the people that social workers are trying to help. So, yeah. for example, if you have a, a, a series of programs talking about um, mistakes or talking about alleged mistakes or, or yeah. criticizing social workers, the very next morning when social workers have to go on to new cases and stand on the doorstep, mm. it makes it, I guess, just that little bit more difficult to get a trust of the family you're actually um, visiting. And, and I think that's the impact um, that I worry about most is this the, the insidious knock on effects. There's no harm in people having a go and having a debate about whether something was done correctly or not, but it's this constant um, drip drip that seems to really undermine a lot of possible good work and maybe make it more difficult to help children and vulnerable adults.
0: I absolutely, you know, unequivocally agree with you, David. Um the uh, it's I mean I think it's precisely because in some ways precisely because a the work that social workers do um, is is not understood most people most people in the media for example don't have, have won't have had direct experience of of social workers in the way that they will have done about teachers or nurses or doctors so they even though something difficult may have happened, they can moderate that because they've got their own experiences, which you know, will often be largely positive. Uh, and and the, the people with whom we're working are often people who are very marginalized already. They don't have a strong voice. Um, and, and I think you're right that when there is that bad story, and indeed, you know just recently, there was a story on Panorama last night about inverted commas mistakes. Mm. In relation to child protection and I think that does seep through into first of all um, you know that the encounters between social workers and uh, service users where if people have seen or heard that story the night before then they're going to come into the encounter with the social worker with you know a fairly negative view I mean I remember people saying you know in Bristol when there was the very public exposure around what happened with Peter Connolly in Haringey, and people would be going, you know, people would be saying, well, you know, you're not going to do what happened there to my child. So I think you're absolutely right. Uh, It distorts the encounter, which is why we have to try and construct social work. Um, A is a, a very important and necessary activity. Secondly, as one that, has many achievements and successes. I mean, that's part of the problem, isn't it? That people only hear about it when social work has you know, arguably or yeah. seem to have failed. Yeah. And thirdly, um, I think we have to construct social work as um, something which is about helping as well as sometimes in the situation in childcare particularly where we have to take definitive authority-based action, which is going to be difficult for, for parents. But... You know, there are many examples and we need to tell those stories too about where social work is helping children, families and adults to have a better life. You
1: talked about influencing policy at a local government level. Um, it's such a difficult time at the moment with the austerity mm. and so forth. Um, has that had a huge impact on your ability to influence or do you find that people are still willing to listen carefully albeit they haven't really got the spending capacity anymore?
0: Um, That's a difficult question I think. Um, I think, uh, I mean what the College is certainly trying to do is to have a more, have a stronger collective coherent voice for social work about uh, about issues that affect social work and the quality of social work practice. And I I mean, certainly I've been very um, struck since I arrived in post with um, the uh, positive regard and the um, faith that, uh, you know, national organisations, including, you know, civil servants and, and ministers, have, and they want the college to succeed. And I think that's very positive. Um, because I think there is a recognition that social work needs a distinctive voice which is different from uh, the voice of employers, which is often, you know, it's been through directors, and, you know, I've been one myself, as you know. Um, you know, directors have been the voice of social work, and in a sense, that's we need to have that separate voice. But, clearly, at a national and a local level, resources are hugely constrained and becoming ever more so and I think there is a particular concern that we have around uh, some of the early help services, um, for gen- and preventative services which are so very important in reducing the potential for problems to kind of grow and escalate and for families, for children, for adults to need um, more Bigger, more intrusive and more expensive intervention so and I think that's a huge concern because in fact if you looked um, in children's services there were more social workers I think at the end of you know currently than there were a year or so ago but I think where we've seen some of the big cuts in local government spending in particular has been around some of those early intervention early health services and I think that's a real concern
1: yeah. Well, the first thing you talked about was promoting and enhancing the quality of practice, um, speaking for social work, um, and possibly developing tools, you said, to support practice, as well as you're having a conference coming up, which shall yes give you a chance in a minute just to tell people what that is. But firstly, I mean, some of the tools to support practice, it sort of lets us drift into the conversation about social media, I suppose, to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you, do you see that being kind of like the development of what you would call apps and so forth for smartphones, or um, and and to actually enhance the social worker's ability to do the job more more efficiently or effectively? Do you see that kind of drive happening?
0: I I, I absolutely do. Um, and um, though I have to, there's a little caveat to anything I might say here, which is that I am not I am not a great expert on um, social media. Um, and uh, it's great to be doing this. Skype interview with you today because I know I need to hone up my skills of using social media. Um, One of the great things about working here in the college is there are some very very social media minded savvy uh, people who are coming up with some fantastic ideas about how we can use social media to support practitioners. So for example um, the college produces um, a magazine called Social Work Matters which has uh, sort of think pieces it has news pieces and, and has been probably of of uh, the services that we offer our, our members has been one of the most well regarded um, um, pieces and um, but what we need to do is to and um, that 's what we 're working on now is to get that into a kind of app format because you know if you 're a busy social worker, then actually you know the hand-loading stuff is all going to take time, so what you want to be able to do is to read something on your iPhone, maybe, you know, in your co- when you're having a cup of coffee or look at it on your iPad. Um, so we're working hard at thinking of how our tools and apps could be useful, uh, could be, sorry, how our practice tools could made in, be made into things like apps that will make them much more accessible and therefore much better used. We're, we're beginning to do some work on dom- domestic violence and social work practice and whilst one has to be terribly wary of having some sort of simplistic app that will give you, you know, the five things to remember when you're working in a situation where, for example, in that instance, there's domestic violence. So we've got to be aware of some of the sort of oversimplifying uh, that could come through the use of social media. It Clearly, it is a fantastic way in which people uh, communicate. We have... Um, a number of communities of interest we have online debates which have been very popular we had one just before christmas about how social workers can uh, look after themselves manage you know self-manage some of the stresses of the jobs and there was a very sort of vibrant uh, online debate and again so i think we have to think creatively about how we use social media but not see it as a sort of um simplistic simplistic kind of panacea that will suddenly enhance practice it's a means to an end
1: yeah it's certainly it is a developing kind of um and growing area of work isn't it it's, it's going to, i think it's going to involve the whole social work landscape
0: yes it should yes.
1: even to the point of um what you and I are doing at the moment um, is often a good way just to keep um, closer in touch with the people that you're working with, They're the service okay. users, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, you know, as long as it's, they've got the ability and, and um, th- they can be funded or whatever to actually have a, a, an instant communication, it means that a lot a lot of housebound, a lot of vulnerable, a lot of disabled people can actually then have an instant um, um, talk with or an instant consultation with social workers. Indeed. I see yes. that as good. Anyway, what's this conference you've got coming up then? Um,
0: we're fully booked. In fact, we're over <laughs> oversubscribed. Uh, so that's uh, positive. It's, a, uh, it's the next week, and it's, um, it's two things, really. It's, first of all, the first annual members meeting for College of Social Work members. We've now got um, just under 13,000 members, although, in fact, um, considerably more memberships um sort of in the pipeline um, and it's uh, a conference uh and that so there's the members meeting and then there is a conference which is you know a kind of conference format we've got the two chief social workers speaking we have lord victor adabawali um giving pe- keynote speeches and a range of um workshops and one of the important things about this conference is is it it, it transcends children and adult services because i think uh, we have to make sure that notwithstanding the uh, some of the different challenges within children's services and adult services, social work is a generic profession, and there are lots of common areas. So, you know, I mean, I've just mentioned something around domestic violence. All social workers, whichever kind of context they're working in, whether they're working with their children, families, um, or adults, they need to have a good you know, capabilities for working in, in the very difficult area of domestic violence. Mental health is another area. So the conference is very specifically focused on some generic social work themes, uh, looking at the challenges but also looking at the opportunities, some of which I think we've just been discussing.
1: Okay. Thank you. Last question, Annie, if I might. Um, so partly, you know, if you could include in it any message you'd like to give to the social work social work community. Um, out there in the UK. And and following that, just a quiet question from me is, I, I hope that you're going to ensure that the college is not seen as London-centric um, because that's often a danger, isn't it, sometimes?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I've just come off the telephone 20 minutes before we started talking with um, Assistant Director in a, an authority in the east of England uh, where we were both, you know, commenting on, on that. And I'm really committed and determined um, to make sure that the college has a very strong regional presence. And I know the college board shares this uh, aspiration, strong regional presence, and that all that we do is not just based around London. Um, I've, you know, I still live in Bristol, as you know, um, and coming and working in London during the week. Um, you know, you, you do become more conscious, I have to say, of the fact that it can feel like you know the world revolves around London, and yet it obviously does not. And the issues in London, some of the issues in the London boroughs, are very different than some of the issues mm. in in sort of urban areas elsewhere, and obviously also in rural areas. So it is really important. Uh, and I think our membership, and indeed, if you look at the composition of our new uh, faculties, we've got we've just recently elected uh, people to the three faculties: adults, mental health, and children and what's good about that is that we have people from uh, right across the country from different contexts academics practitioners and managers so absolutely on that right. in terms of a message um i suppose trying to be trying to be succinct about it i think um my message would be would be twofold i mean firstly that social work needs to um have pride and confidence and social workers need to have prime comments in what they're doing. And they need also to take uh, responsibility and ownership, as I know know, most people do, for their own professional development, obviously working in the context of their organisation, their agency, who's got clear responsibilities to make sure that the conditions in which they work are um, appropriate for high standards of practice. But I think social work, social workers, you know, it, it does need to, in the way that if you look at some of the other professions, where you take ownership for your own and responsibility for your membership of a profession, you are an employee of your agency, but you are also a profession with responsibilities to yourself, to your other colleagues, uh, as well, obviously, to your, to the people with whom you work, the service users and carers. So that would be the first message. I think the second one is that we need to recognize that we are as you referred earlier on we're living in times of very 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 deep adversity in terms of the public service public services um some ways being under attack in terms of you know the, the resources and the capacity and the lives of the people with whom we're working are uh, immeasurably more difficult in many instances because of um because of you know deepening poverty and so on so those are the challenges. But I also think, um, and this is, again, a sort of a, an exhortation for people to, to really take advantage of, the, of these opportunities. We are also, I think, at quite a unique moment for social work with a lot of attention on it um, in children's services, but also in adult services. Um, we've got that we've had um, new social institutions created through uh, the two new chief social workers with whom the college works closely the college of social work and then in local authorities we have the new and really important role of the principal social workers in adults and children and they they have that potential and i and many of them are now really doing this in a really high quality way providing locally professional leadership um to drive up uh standards to make standards Consistently high, and to make sure that the voice of sh- social work and social workers is, is is heard locally, regionally, and, and nationally. So those would be my two messages: make take advantage of the opportunities of the of the the new landscape, the new architecture for social work, and secondly, um, to take um, take ownership of your professional your development, as well as making sure that you know, your employer actually enables you to, to work in the right context and the right conditions. Annie Hudson, thank you very much indeed.
2: First, though, uh, this hour, a social worker employed by Swindon Borough Council has been struck off after being found to have lied about looking after a vulnerable child with learning difficulties who claimed to have been abused by her father. Emily Coughlin was employed by Swindon Borough Council between October 2008 until her dismissal in 2012. During that time, she lied about visiting the child, making notes about visits and uh, misled superiors about the care of the child as well. Emily Cochran also didn't act when the child said she was being abused by her father. David Niven is a child protection expert and was formerly the chair of the British Association of Social Workers, and he joins us now. Uh, hello, David. Thank you for coming on. OK, hello. Um, quite an unusual case. Are you, are you shocked by the details of what you've been hearing?
3: Oh, well, I'm always shocked to hear any professional that doesn't do what they're charged to do. Um, but in in a, another sort of way, I'm actually quite pleased that um, the, the outcome of this, when it was decided what had I gone wrong is very public and it shows that um, the social work profession can deal with things swiftly and, can, um, and won't have anybody working in social work who's not fit for the task.
2: I suppose, yeah, if you want to take solace in, in, in those safeguards, which is, you know, as you say, is, is right to applaud, but does it, on the other hand, then, say something about the, uh, the way that we find uh, and, and vet social workers?
3: Well, yes, I suppose it does, up to a point. But if you think about it logically, no matter what the profession is, no matter what your job is, um, there are always going to be um, bad apples and there are always going to be people that don't function properly and let the side down. I mean, look today at the rest of the news. Look at the police officers that are being disciplined. Look at teachers that are being struck off occasionally. You know, it does happen in every profession. The important thing, I think, though, is that the public can see it happening. It's transparent And they know that if ever any of this comes about, and someone like Swindon, which I do believe is a good authority, actually also came across this, dismissed the person, and now that the professional body also agrees with that fact, that effectively the public can be at least reassured that as soon as any bad practice comes to light, it will now be dealt with very firmly.
2: Yeah, uh, the social worker in question, well, she claimed that she wasn't given a chance to carry out a handover of notes, and that led to the abuse claim not being investigated mm-hmm. at the time, Although her colleagues told the panel that they had repeatedly asked for a handover which wasn't provided. I mean, yeah. clearly, you know, the panel has found that it was this woman's fault, but uh, when you hear things like that while while the blame has been laid at this individual's door will there still be things for that albeit very good authority to learn
3: oh well i mean i hope so and i suspect swindon would be the first to tell you that there were i i, I don't uh, have any doubt about that whatsoever because you can always learn anything in adversity but generally i wouldn't want people at all to think that um anything untoward because a i believe swindon acted swiftly secondly the uh, regulatory body acted swiftly and struck this person off who will never work as a social worker again. And the public can be at least be reassured that there is a mechanism in place to weed out people who are just not up to the task.
2: Yeah, we've heard a lot of uh, different authorities not being up to the task, haven't we? The names, unfortunately, roll off our tongue, the Victoria Columbias, the, uh, the Baby Peas, the, uh, the, the things that have happened in Rochdale and places like that. It is a difficult job being a social worker, isn't it? And it's not for everybody
3: true on both counts um, although it's a very rewarding job i would i would not like to sort of totally sort of make people think that it's just totally all doom and gloom there's thousands of social workers up and down the country and in child care every day of the week social workers are dealing with something in the region of at least 30 to 40,000 children whose names are on at-risk plans and therefore are deemed to be in need of support, in need of help, and in need of interruption in some cases from being abused. And social workers are right at the front end of doing that. And so the vast majority of them are very good, very hard-working people. And I wouldn't try and put anybody off at all coming into the job. You get bad apples, we deal with them. That's got to be always the case, just like any profession, whether it's journalists, whether it's teachers, whether it's doctors, or whether it's police officers or social workers, there's always going to be some people that will actually let things down. But please, for goodness sake, don't think that the vast majority aren't good, hard-working people
2: apples in the honourable profession of journalism. I can't... i I'm Not right. I don't know why that came to mind, actually.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> David, do you know, though, when we talk about jumping between professions, just before you came on, before mm. the news, we were talking about Plebgate and the difficulties that the police have in terms of getting the public to trust them when these stories about uh, the police bending the rules come out. Is it the same for social workers? When we hear stories like this of individuals who've got it wrong, yeah. y- you, need a, you need a family to trust you when you're a social worker, don't you?
3: Of course you do, and that, that you're, you've got a uh, spot on there in terms of actually that point. In the cases where you hear of social workers or anybody else for that matter who perhaps didn't do what they were required to do, and or let somebody down, or caused a child, you know, to be in more risk than than they should have been, or whatever. You, the, the next, the next day, when you're going out in a new case as a social worker and you're standing there on the doorstep and you're wanting to actually engage the family, you're wanting to be trusted, you're wanting to let let you in and help, you know, not not let you in and do anything draconian, and just let you in and help, which is the main thing that social workers do. If they've already heard something on the radio or on the television or whatever that actually somehow or other associates a, a, a social worker somewhere with not doing the job properly, they'll be more anxious. And it will be more difficult for that social worker on the doorstep. So you're absolutely right. Every time that something happens in this job, and I'm sure it's the same in the police and other jobs as well, it just it makes it that much more difficult for the vast majority of hard-working people to get on and do their job properly.
2: Yeah, well, thank you for putting that message across, David, and I appreciate your time this afternoon. David Niven joining us on the programme, a child protection expert, uh, formerly the chair of the British Association of Social Workers. <laughs>
1: Well, there we are. That's today's podcast. Um, Thanks very much indeed for joining me on www.socialworldpodcast.com. Just like one thing to remind you before we go and uh, get going on next week's, and that is on the 4th of April in Bristol, in the southwest of England, we're doing a fantastic conference. We're putting it together with the British Agencies for the Study and Prevention of Child Abuse and Neglect. And this is uh, stimulated, if you like, by the first 1,001 days of a child's life, a uh, conception to age two, which was prompted uh, by UNICEF and launched in the Palace of Westminster in London by an all-party group of members of Parliament about a couple of months ago. And we have managed to get Dame Tessa Jowell MP, who takes a lead on this, in Parliament, to come and be the keynote speaker at our conference on the 4th of April. Now see it on our website, see the connections there. It's fascinating, looking at child behaviour, child development, the trauma that young children go through when the family or the household is directly affected by domestic violence, by substance abuse, or indeed by uh, mental health problems within the, uh, of the adults who live there and just how you work with, assess, and analyze, and support very young children who are subjected to this traumatic lifestyle. So I think it's going to be a fascinating conference with a terrific guest list. You can find out details through our website. You can find out details by getting in touch with um, either www.socialworldpodcast.com or www uk, And at the end of it, I really hope that you're, if you're in striking distance, that you see just how worthwhile it would be for coming. And we're also, one of our speakers, Jane Evans, is going to be launching her book on how to work with very young children who've been subjected to domestic violence regularly in the household. Because as you all know, children that age have very little understanding of, of, of anger or guilt or whatever they just don't understand what goes on and it really does tend to traumatize them um, for the rest of their lives so we've got to actually get a grip of this and it's a, a follow-on from a very large worldwide UNICEF initiative and we're delighted to be doing our part so have a look at that. Outside of that please remember to uh, give your feedback, please remember to tell me what you think, suggest ideas And I promise you to be coming up with some great interviews and some great ideas, articles and um, segments of the program. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks a lot.